An Eye for an Eye podcast contains subject matters that many may find disturbing. Listener discretion is advised. We'd like to thank our sponsors for the show today, Studio. Studio wants to revolutionize the way people see headphones as not just a tech device, but as also an accessory. That everybody can use our offer code, Eye for an Eye, E Y E F O R A N E Y E for 15% off any purchase on their website and we can also offer you guys worldwide shipping for free. What up? Good morning, good evening, good night. Hey, good morning, good evening, good night. We're all right, what's up, everybody? It's your host, Lisa. I want to call myself something different because my name is stupid. Your name's Lisa, and you're going with it. My name's Matt, and I'm going with that, too. <laughs> Welcome back to Eye for an Eye, everybody. And just as you've listened to the first, well, not the first, the fifth episode of WTH3, that came out on Valentine's Day. We recorded the episode that's going to come out after this on Valentine's Day. We're ahead of the game, folks. We're ahead of the fucking game. Right, We're Matt? making shit happen y'all we can't do nothing but work for you so we're back and we are here on valentine's day to record this episode for you we have a few things of business to talk about first one i promise we're getting another microphone soon so please bear with us yeah look we've heard the comments about the microphone we definitely relate we really respect and love muffins Muffins, you the Don for pointing this out, because we agree with you. And well, we're that, kind of and they amended their post. They, um, like, came back after we shouted them out the first time, and that makes me even happier. That's pretty, I didn't even know you could do that. But we would love to contact you. We just don't really know how, because we don't know who you are. <laughs> so can you email us, I for iPod, there's no and, because I thought that con- kind of complicates things and makes it real long. So I for iPod at gmail.com. Email us. We'd love to get in contact with you. We know your husband works for a tech company or a sounds situation, and we'd love to get in contact and see what's going on or any tips and pointers. We'd love it. And we're so happy you came... Whoops. Oh, shit. Sorry. I just punched the table. It's all right. We're so, we're so happy you came back, gave us another shot after, you know, calling out the quality of our audio not being top-notch, which we understand, and we love you for pointing it out. We are working on it. As soon as the federal government gives me my tax return, <laughs> I'm going to write a check, and we're going to make this shit happen, okay? Like, we're growing, and we know we know every little bit counts, every bit of quality counts, and we're really, really working to get there. It's just, like I said, we honestly started this as kind of like a, let's shoot the shit and talk about what we've always talked about anyways, um, whereas now it's kind of turning into something really we're taking seriously and we're making it really into a business venture too as well as keeping it something fun lighthearted that we love discussing in our spare time anyways so wanted to we, we, saw your, <laughs> we saw the amendment of your review and we love you still just the same as we did before we love the honest feedback that's what we crave obviously we like to hear the show's doing well and people like it but the best comments are the ones that give us things that we can improve on because then that's how we grow so we love you muffins thanks for hanging out with us still and please email us because like i said i read your comment about like maybe connecting and i have no idea how to contact you because i don't know if you can reply to comments on itunes so i apologize but we love you we also had a review i wanted to shout out real quick um, that we didn't get to shout it because I didn't see it, admittedly. Um, so we had a shout-out on Stitcher, and it was from our good friend Joy, a.k.a. one of our most amazing listeners. She's so interactive with us, and it's also, again, someone we really want to have on the show. Um, so we love you, Joy. We love what you've said about us. We're really, really proud of, you know, the growth we've made, and we're so proud that you're here to, you know, join us in the successes of that. And thank you for shouting us out. We'd love to talk to you about, you know, everything soon. Please, contact us. But thank you for the review on Stitcher. Stitcher is such a fucking bitch to navigate with reviews. Yeah, it's kind of a pain. I had to Google it. I had to Google You have to do it through the web browser, and you have to find our show, and then you have to scroll to the bottom, and you have to click write a review. It's kind of annoying. It's like iTunes is just like bleep, blah, bloop, which we'll explain how to do at the end. So if you're kind of confused on how to leave a review on iTunes, we'll leave it in the show notes so you can scroll down and click and be able to leave a review that way. Otherwise, we will uh, talk about it at the end of the podcast. Please we, do. Call us, though. We'd love to talk yeah, to you. Yeah, we also... Oh, so many shout-outs. It's like shout-whoops. I keep hitting this table, and I'm sorry if you're hearing it on this microphone, because although we sound echoey, everything else sounds pure. 
So when I hit something or hit my face off something, you hear it. Loud and clear, of course. Yeah. So really quick, I wanted to shout out an article that we received that was written as a review about our podcast from Roseanne. Um, she is the host of the California podcast and in the Orbital Jigsaw Network. We're so grateful to all of the Orbital Jigsaw Network, the entire network, not only just Roseanne, because they've given us such um, a community to talk with, interact with of both podcasters in their network, podcasts out of their network, and also fans, yes. where we can get really valuable feedback in order to grow. Because like I said, Matt and I are so serious about this podcast now. It's really growing to a place where we're so excited for it to be. It's continuing to grow. We're literally doubling numbers every single month. Yeah. And it's just, it's one of those things where we never thought it would be like this, but it is. And it it's, couldn't be more exciting because we're talking about something we're so interested in. Right. Two best friends. We're just having the time of our lives. So please check out that. It's on Orbital Jigsaw's vlog. I'll have the log, um, not the log, the link in our show notes if you want to check that out. The review's honest and I really appreciate it. It wasn't just, you know, fluff about our podcast. It really pointed out the good, the bad, the ugly, the, the greatness. You know, it, it, it really pointed it all out, and I loved it. So thank you so much, Roseanne, and the Orbital Jigsaw Network. We love you. We're so happy to be a part of the fam, and we hope that continues. That connection is great. Let's talk about a crossover episode soon. Woo! And we have a few other cool things in the works, so stay tuned on our Instagram, on our podcast page, on our podcast group, on our Twitter, on our Instagram. I said that already. All Eye for Eye pod. I took out Ian, so it's not I for Ann I, it's I for I pod. It's our hand on Twitter, Instagram, it's our Facebook group, it's everything really. Um, so stay tuned for that news because it's coming soon. We're super excited about all of it. It's just such an exciting time, Matt, right? It's unbelievable, Lisa. We are so happy for where we've come, honestly, in such a short time. It's been unbelievable for us. Lisa and I every day kind of chat back and forth about, like, dude, can you believe this? Like, the growth we've had in such a short time. And, it's just because of you guys, honestly. People who are happy and listening to us about, granted, not the most pleasant pleasant topic in the world. It's yeah, definitely not. But but interesting nonetheless. Interesting nonetheless, and we most definitely appreciate you guys relating to us on that level because it's obviously something that's controversial, and it's very much hard to talk about. You know, it is. It is for people that aren't as interested as us. It's hard for us to kind of explain that. Our podcast is about true. murder and yeah, true crime. Yeah, it's it's an interesting thing to try to explain to you because people are like, oh, you're like you're into that. You're perpetuating oh, violence. Oh, really? Like, no. like, yeah. Like, I've got a lot of seriously's and really like, wow, cool. Yeah. But um, and we appreciate you guys for being so honest and loyal about being interested in this because we are. You know, we yeah. really do. It's, feel it, like, I hope you guys can feel it is really a genuine interest between Matt and I. Like I've said before in our intro episode. It, the reason I started this podcast, one, is because Matt and I literally have these conversations without the microphones all the time. Anytime there was a case before we started this podcast, I'd text him and be like, what do you think? What are your thoughts? Let's debate it. Let's debate it. Let's go over it. And we have enough similarities but enough differences to make it interesting, I think. Because right. we don't agree on everything. And we'll see that in coming up episodes. And we'll see that within different parts of different episodes. Yeah. Um, but we also agree on a lot. So it's one of those things where it really opens up the dialogue. And... The whole point of Eye for Eye is to get you guys involved. We want to hear what you guys think. We have a lot of guest stars coming up, a lot of crossover episodes coming up. Like I said, we're really excited for a lot of things that are coming. Um, we have a lot of announcements to make later, you know, in later time. Um, a lot of things are in the works that are really exciting. We do. So we're really appreciative of all of you. Thank you so much from the bottom of our hearts for the support and the continued support. Literally telling your friends doubles our doubles our listeners yeah you guys have no idea what word of mouth does for us I yeah mean, it's incredible and it's like i know we say please rate review and subscribe but the reason that's so important is because it helps our visibility it's not even because we're like oh we're the best out there because we know that's not the case i mean obviously we'd love to have, like be the best of the best but matt stop fucking with your chair the damn thing's broken the rating reviewing and subscribing really helps us because when you type in eye for eye podcast, it should come up with like a few things and then you scroll over a little bit, it's ours. We want to be on that first page. We want to be on that page where you type in eye for eye pod, where immediately the first thing you see. And episodes wise on iTunes, we are like it's one of the first things that comes up. But icon, like big icon wise, we want to be up there. And, and that's really what it is. It's what it boils down to. So five stars if you really love us. 
if you have some feedback and it's a little less, we'll accept it. We like it. We love the Like hear. I said, we love muffins, and they were really honest. They gave us such honest feedback, and that's what we love. And the same thing with our review that we got. Anywhere that we can get anybody giving us honest feedback, yeah, we want it. Please. But yes, it really helps our show to rate, review, subscribe, and especially telling a friend. Like I said, you guys have done an amazing job at that, clearly, because we've literally doubled in numbers every single month, and that's just an incredible growth that I didn't ever expect to happen. Truly. So that's a little bit of the the nitty-gritty that we wanted to get into now. Um, catching up. Yeah, just catching up a little bit. Just getting a little of that, that background out before we start the episode, start to get into the more serious of things. We got new reviews. Um, we got reviews. Let me read these, too. Um, from Jung Ho, thank you for your <laughs> feedback. It was wonderful. Also from D. Milliner. Is that how you say that name? It is. Okay. D. I'm, guys... We've gone over this. I'm shit with pronunciations of things, and I no, that was correct. Um, so we got those two new reviews, and we're so excited about them. Thank you for taking the time to rate and review. Like I said, everything helps. It's like everyone says, like every little scent helps. Literally every little every little helps. thing helps us. Um, so good, bad, ugly, indifferent, happy, sad, angry, ecstatic. Treat us with your knowledge, we just love it. let us know. And if you want to be on the show, we're still really like like I said, we have a lot of episodes where we have some guest hosts posts lined up um which is super 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 exciting so yeah we got a lot of good shit in the works matt so today is valentine's day matt and i have finished what <laughs> two wth3s already next yes. one is going to be released after this so you'll have something to look forward to we love to hear from you guys too if you like the wth3 or if you don't like it we'd love to hear from you there yeah if you think it's dumb but i'm not only a true crime buff i'm also a true a true, a true movie. A horror movie, independent horror, independent thril- thriller, psychological thriller. I am a horror movie buff. That's my favorite genre. Of we love them. We love them. And we're wondering if maybe we wanted to do like a little corner, a little segment, or a little mini-sode of just movie reviews. And there's I've a lot of true movie, yeah, True story movies that we could talk about, too. That well, even like, not. Even just movies that are just beyond the cusp of like... Reality. Yeah, reality comprehension. It's just... I've seen some crazy ass films from a Serbian film to Martyrs to Signs to Creep. You know, I've Mary, um, American anybody, Mary. Anybody want to tell me how fucked up they were after watching Sinister, Insidious? <laughs> even some of the crazier shit, yeah. man. I mean, there's so some it's movies like, recently. We, we've seen a lot of movies between the two of us, and we'd love to give some feedback on those. If you guys are interested in that, let us know. Let me ask you this real quick. What's your favorite Thriller, horror, movie of all time. I want to ask you this. I want our listeners to know your opinion. I have mine in mind. Um, it's hard because there's different genres that I like. Can I give you mine first and then I'll tell you like why and you can think about it a little bit. My favorite of that genre that kind of just freaks you the fuck out is Seven. Oh, I love that movie. With... Kevin Spacey, Brad Pitt, Morgan Freeman. Gwyneth Paltrow. Gwyneth Paltrow. Absolutely. Fucking. The last scene. Oh, Lord, Lord, Lord. Lord, Jesus. It is literally mind blowing. You will look at yourself differently after that and wonder what you really get about the human mind. I think. That's my fucking favorite. So, what's yours if that (sighs) type of. What the fuck type thing? So. I think that I've I have a favorite and then I have two that made me do that. Okay. So two that made me do that are Martyrs, the French version, not the American version, because the American version is stupid and gives away the plot. So watch Martyrs, it's French. Um, so there are subtitles, but it's the most like <gasps> like like whoa, like you're feeling it. You feel the pain and then at the end when you find out what it's all about, you're just like, Holy fuck, what did I watch, Matt? You have to watch this. This movie will fuck your days to to the floor. Oh, man. Um, so that movie is one of them. The second one would probably be um, Mother. I really liked Mother. It's also I find you like that movie. People hate no, it. No, no, oh, not Mother. That's not what I meant. But I did like Mother. Mother was a good movie, but that's not what I meant. I meant Mommy. Good night, Mommy. Good night, Mommy. Is good night, Mommy. Yeah. Okay, okay, okay. Mother, though, I do like. So just I'm gonna probably cut that. But that Darren Aronofsky film with that Jennifer was crazy. Lawrence did you watch recently. It? I had not seen it, but I heard it was terrible. So we've I didn't talked see about. It. You told me a little bit about it, but yeah, it sounds like I like that one. That was, but it gave me like severe. Mother, okay, so Mother 
gave me extreme anxiety, which I don't think I've ever really had in movies before. Um, it it gave me such bad anxiety in the last 45 minutes. It's like, so the last 45 minutes, and those of you who've seen it can agree with me or not, it is like the visual representation of a panic attack. Pretty much. it's That's what I heard about that's, it, too. That's what, the last 45 minutes of that movie is a visual representation of literally a full-blown panic or an anxiety attack. I, I read a, a review night. that said it was just like, totally off the wall and that you couldn't really get it. Oh, I think people are more pissed because the religious the religious aspects and it kind of pushes the envelope a little bit with like visuals. Climate change I heard was a big aspect of it. Yeah, it's it's just making a political statement and that's probably what people really didn't like it because well, people yeah. don't like when politics kind of like seep into their I think it was a New York Times review. I want to say it was. I'm almost 99% sure it was a New York Times article, but... Well, anyway. But, so, Goodnight Mommy was the other one that I was going to say was up there. Um, I kind of predicted what was going to happen in the beginning, but it's also a... It's in a different language. I think it's in German. Um, It was limited release, so I actually was able to find it when it came here. Me and a few of my friends went to see it. It's a really good movie. Obviously, there's subtitles, but it's so creepy. And it's one of those ones that just makes your skin crawl. And you're kind of like, what is happening in this movie? And those are the kind of movies I love. And then my favorite, like, typical run-of-the-mill, probably everyone's seen, my true chopper, Silence of the Lambs. And Silence of the Lambs. And um, what is that movie with the little boy who sees dead people? Oh, my God. Sixth Sense. Sixth Sense. That's what it's called. So... So I have two favorites in both. I have, like, Martyrs and Goodnight Mommy in the genre of, like, really pushing the envelope and, like, real true horror fans are like, whoa. And then I, the more typical, more um, mainstream horror movies that I really love or psychological thrillers that I love. Um, I love a lot of them because this is, like, literally the only movie I'll really watch on my own accord um, are The Sixth Sense and... Um, Silence of the Lambs. Silence of the Lambs. I fucking love Silence of the Lambs. Man. Yeah, see, that's that's definitely one of my favorites as well. It's so well so made. So well made and so creepy. Yeah. And so thought-provoking, really, in a lot of ways. You're kind of like, wow. Yeah. I mean, like, you're a little indifferent to a lot of the characters in that movie, but at the same yeah. time, you're latched on to what's going I on. like horror movies that make you think, that make you... Like, it's like for instance, right. not many people like Saw, but I like Saw because I no, like... I like Saw. The idea behind it is... You fucked something up to now get in this to, position. Right, now, now you, you have to make it. a choice. Right. Do you want to, you know, and I like that. I like the psychological aspects of these movies. I like creep. I like, literally, I've seen so many horror movies. It's literally all me and my cousin watching Matt. Matt's the one I drag to the theaters. My cousin and I find them on Netflix, Hulu, Amazon Prime, you know, everywhere. Amazon Instant, everywhere. We find these movies and so if you think that's something you'd be interested in hearing our takes on, like, more in detail, like, plot synopsis, what we feel about the movies, I'll make Matt watch them with me if he hasn't seen them already. If he has, we'll definitely just talk about it and give you guys our honest review because there's some horror movies, and it's not some, a lot, are really stupid, really just fuck up the horror. Because it's, like, it's a cheesy genre. You can really go cheesy. Some are dumb. You got to kind of go And I like that. cheese, but not cheesy. Like, I don't like cheesy things. That aren't food. But so let us know what you think. We want to know, should we review? And, and if we do do the reviews, or if you would like to see it as a review, would you like it as like a little section before episodes, or would you like them as just mini-sodes so then people can pick and choose whether or not they listen to them? I think that probably would be the best, because for the people who voted no, they don't have to listen. It's exactly. not something that they have to be a part of, which I think would be cool. I'd have to talk to my cousin, but she's like a huge horror movie buff as well. That's how I got into horror things. I think it would be so cool to have her call in for those because she has a really cool perspective because she's a, a school psychologist. Ooh. So she deals with little little kids who may become uh, killers one day all the time. The eventual psychopaths of the world. But she's also like me. We do this 15-minute test where we leave a movie on for 15 minutes. If we're not interested in those 15 minutes, we turn it off. That's probably what people do to this podcast, so sorry. <laughs> Anyways. If after 15 minutes so we're let us know. Yeah, yeah. So let us know. Are you interested in that? Do you think they should be mini sets? I think, I mean, honestly, I might just do it just because I'm interested and it's, this is my podcast. So it's like, I kind of, I enjoy it and it's something I would like to listen to or have more of in my life. Um, horror movies, psychological movies, thrillers, all of those independent movies. 
I've seen a lot of them and I continuously watch them. Like tomorrow I'm off work. I'm probably going to binge watch scary movies that people have never heard of um, or the masses, you know, don't really watch. And I think that'd be really interesting. I think that's a good mini so. But let us know what you think. I'm really interested. Obviously, we're fueled by your guys' interests too. And as much as I'm interested in it, I just want to make sure it's something that like I'm not going to bore people to death with. Let us know. So on to today. So Matt. I researched a lot, a lot, a lot of crimes um, that have to do with Valentine's Day or love or couples, and obviously that's a huge thing. So there's Snapped, there's Killer Couples, there's all of these shows that are all based around couples. And you know, when someone commits a murder, who's the first person they look at? Obviously the significant other. Yep, the significant other. So obviously there are gazillion and 17,000 uh, bazillion <laughs> crimes that have taken place. With lovers. So I tried to narrow it down a little bit more, tried to do on Valentine's Day, right? Where there was a Valentine's Day massacre. Although that was gang related, I personally, like, it's, I'm fascinated by gangs, but it's not as interesting to me because there's already a motive and a mentality there. Mm -hmm. I like it when it's like a person out of nowhere, that like seemingly out of nowhere, that's boiled from a childhood. Um, that turned, you know, so that I was like, okay, we're gonna pass on. So then I thought, okay, the Olympics are on. Who better to do than Oscar Pistorius? Such a great transition, I think. Because not only are we talking about ath athletics, talking about a lover, killing a lover, and how shocking this case became after so much turmoil in the yeah, media. Yeah, a beloved Olympian. Um, and it was on Valentine's Day. Well, yep. the day before Valentine's Day that all this right. happened. So that's why I thought, what better case right now to do than Oscars. Um, I woke up, my lady, in the early hours of the 14th of February. It was extremely warm in my room. Um, I sat up in bed. Uh, Reva was... Reva was still awake, or she was obviously not sleeping. Um, she rolled over to me and she said, can't you sleep, my baba? And I said, no, I can't. And I got out on my side of the bed. I walked around the bed, uh, foot of the bed. I was holding onto the foot of the bed with my left hand. I got to the, the fans, where the fans were. I took the small fan, the floor fan. I placed it um, pretty much just inside the room. I then proceeded to close the sliding doors and lock them. I then drew the curtains. Because uh, at this point that I heard a window open in the bathroom, it sounded like a, the window sliding open. And then I could hear the window hit the frame. Uh, as if it had slipped to a point where it can't slide anymore. What, what did you think at the time, Mr. Pistorius? My lady, that's the moment that everything changed. I thought that there was a burglar that was gaining entry into my home. into all of the the wild situation here but first I wanted to start off with some text messages so Matt and I are going to do a, a reading Little read, for you guys right? so remember Matt and I are your dramatic readers of the century so Matt is going to be Oscar and I am going to be Reva so on January 27th 2013 I'm not 100% sure why I'm sitting down to type you a message first, but perhaps it says a lot about what's going on here. Today was one of my best friend's engagements, and I wanted to stay longer. I was enjoying myself, but it's over now. You have picked on me incessantly since you got back from Cape Town, 
And I understand that you're sick, but it's nasty. Yesterday wasn't nice for either of us, but we managed to pull through and communicate well enough to show our care for each other is greater than the drama that has attacked us. I was not flirting with anyone today. I feel sick that you suggested that and that you made a scene at the table and made us leave early. I'm terribly disappointed in how the day ended and how you left me. We are living in a double standard relationship where you can be mad about how I deal with stuff when you are very quick to act cold and offish when you're unhappy. Every five seconds, I hear how you dated another chick. You really have dated a lot of people, yet you get upset if I mention one funny story with a long-term boyfriend. I do everything to make you happy and not and to not say anything to rock the boat with us. You do everything to throw tantrums in front of people. I've been upset for you for two days now. I'm so upset I left Darren's party early. So upset. I can't get that day back. I'm scared of you sometimes and how you snap at me and how you'll react to me. You make me happy 90% of the time and I think we are amazing together. But I'm not some other bitch you may know just trying to kill your vibe. I am the girl who let go with you even when I was scared out of my mind too. I am the girl who fell in love with you and who wanted to tell you this weekend. But I'm also the girl who gets sidestepped when you are in a shit mood. When I feel you think you have me, so why try anymore? I got snapped at and told my accents and voices are annoying. I touch your neck to show you I care and you tell me to stop. Stop chewing gum. Don't do this. Don't do that. You don't want to hear stuff, and you cut me off. Your endorsements, your reputation, your impression of someone innocent blown out of proportion and fucked up a special day for me. I'm sorry you truly felt that I was hitting on my friend Sam's husband, and I'm sorry that you think so little of me. From the outside, I think it does look like we are a struggle, and maybe that's what we are. I just want to be in love, and I, wa I just want to be loved. I want to... <laughs> I just want to love and be loved. Be happy and make someone so happy. Maybe we can't do that for each other. Because right now, I know you aren't happy. And I am certainly very unhappy and sad. Please let me know when I can call you. I'm here. I want to talk to you. I want to sort this out. I don't have, want to have anything less than amazing for you and I. I'm sorry for the things I say without thinking and for taking offense to some of your actions. The fact that I'm tired and sick isn't an excuse. I was upset that you just left me after you got food to go talk to a guy and I was just standing right behind you watching you touch his arm and ignore me. And when I spoke up, you introduced me, which you could have done, but when I left, you just kept on chatting to, which, to him, which clearly I was upset. I asked Martin to put on that Kendrick Lamar album in the car and don't know it. Granted, that it was a shit song, but <laughs> you should have just leaned forward and whispered in my ear to change it, seeing as I had to drive to pick up your friend. I was 30 minutes late, and I know you don't like it when I drive fast, but then you could have asked Gina to drive herself so that we wouldn't have to. When we left, I was starving. The only good I had was a tiny wrap and everyone was leaving for lunch. I'm sorry, I wanted to go, but I was hungry and upset, although you knew it. I wasn't like I came out to chat when I was left the table. I was upset when I left you because I thought you were coming to me. I'm sorry I asked you to stop tapping my neck yesterday. I know you were just trying to show me love. I had a mad headache and should have spoken to you softly. I'm sorry for asking you not to put on an accent last night. Pretty much the same and didn't have the energy. February 8, 2013. I like to believe that I made you proud when I attend these kind of functions with you. I present myself well and can converse with others while you were off busy chatting to fans and friends. I also knew people that were there tonight. And whilst you were having one or two pics taken... I was saying goodbye to the people in my industry, and Fitz wanted a photo with me. I was just being cordial by saying goodbye while you were busy. I completely understood your desperation to leave and thought I would be helping you by getting to the exit before you because I can't rush on heels I was wearing. 
I thought it would make a difference in us getting out with, without you getting harassed anymore. I didn't think you would criticize me for doing that, especially not so loudly that others could hear. I might joke around and be all tomboyish at times, but I regard myself as a lady, and I didn't feel like one tonight after the way you treated me when I left. I'm a person too, and I appreciate that you invited me out tonight, and I realize you get harassed, but I'm trying my best to make you happy, and I feel as though sometimes you never are, no matter the effort I put in. I can't be attacked by outsiders, by outsiders for dating you and be attacked by you, the one person I deserve protection from. So those were text messages between Riva and Oscar before um, the like events that. unfolded. Um, but yeah, so th- so it it does show, and they use these in court because it does show that there was some escalation before the death occurred. So I wanted to go in, as always, to a little bit of the backgrounds of both of the key people in this case. So we're going to talk about Oscar first. And it did kind of trouble me because when I first typed this out, I read it back over. And I've had this problem because I'm really big on details, right? Matt knows this. Everyone probably knows this who listens to this. I love every sentence, line, and word. You know, I want it all to be in there because I want the most information possible. That's what I crave when I'm listening to podcasts. However, when I read this one back, I realized a lot of my focus when I was writing it out was on his successes, on how great he was, on all of his awards, all of his medals, and in detail, why he won them, what he won them for, what event it was in, where he was, what he was doing. And I thought to myself when I was reading it back before I sent it over to Matt, one, I have that problem where I go into way too much detail, which is why our episodes are so long. I do apologize. We are working on making sure we're cutting out the things that aren't as necessary. But at the end of the day, I looked back and I was like, okay, This man committed a crime. We are talking about his crime. Why should we be calling out all of his successes? Right. A lot of the articles I read are start out that way. And we're going to touch on it. But I had three pages written on it. Well, this is our second high-profile athlete that we've covered. Yeah, OJ was number one. Right. Episode number one. So go check it out if you haven't because that's a doozy. Um, and there's also a giant update if you haven't been in the news lately on that. He is currently out of jail. But it's one of those things where it's I feel like these are things that are necessary to come to your own conclusion for eye for an eye. However, I didn't want to sit here and praise him. I didn't. I just didn't. And I don't know what happened that night for fact. I wasn't there. But I don't feel comfortable praising every single success he's ever had. Because he was well-known. Because he still did something horrible. Right. So I did cut out a lot. I know it's still going to seem like a lot of background on him. But I want you to know I really did reflect on that. And I really did cut out the the very fine details that I had in before about everything and anything. Because I just, I don't find it necessary. People know who he is. People can look up on their own if they want to see exactly what he won gold and silver and, you know, whatever else. We try to make it a point not to highlight the killers too much. Mm-hmm. Because I, we, I mean, we do want to highlight them, but not too much. Cause but not give them fame. That's yeah. not something we like to do. Because it's, it's one of those things where I th- feel like some of this background is where some of the sentencing came in. He's a well-known figure. He's a well-known person. And it, you'll see it in the sentencing, in the first phase at least, <laughs> which gives a little hint about what happened here. So early life for Oscar. So he was born to Hanky. <laughs> is that it? <laughs> I don't... He's foreign, so I can't... Close enough. What is it? H-E-N-K-E. I'd say Hanky. Hanky. Okay. Born to Hanky and Sheila Pistorius on the 22nd of November in 1986, Oscar was born in South Africa. Now, he grew up in a Christian home and has an elder brother, Carl, and a younger sister, Amy. Amy. I thought that's Amy because in French with the accent mark, it's Amy. It's like Amy. Don't maybe, but I think so. It's Amy, just Amy, yeah. I'm pretty sure with the accent mark, it's on me. Amy, in French, Whatever. but I mean, I mean, South Africans <clears throat> have a different dialect as well. Whatever, whatever her name is, whatever her name, we're is. gonna call her Amy because it's easiest. Amy's easy. I like Ami though. I think that's pretty. I like it too. It's pretty. I have a not a friend, but a family friend named Amiel, and I think that's beautiful. I don't Amiel? think that Amiel. I love that name. I don't think it comes from a me, but I'm not really sure. I don't know where it came from at all, but. If it did, I think it's the most beautiful name in the world. So, 
Pistorius credits his mom, who we know died in an early age, at the age of 43, when Pistorius was 15 years old, as a major influence in his life. So she was a major point of passion for him. She wanted to make, He wanted to make her proud. And I think that did have a lot to do with the success he faced in life. Now, well, he's still alive, so like still, I guess, kind of. So Pistorius was born with fibular hemamelia. Hemamelia. Okay, Pistorius was born with fibular hemi. What? Hemamelia. <laughs> Pistorius was born with fibular hemamelia, which is a congenital absence of the fibula. So he was missing his fibula in his legs, in both of his legs. Now, when he was 11 months old, his legs were amputated halfway between the ankles and knees. So he's missing a good portion of his leg. Yes. Huge portion of his leg. Um, basically, if you think about it, he literally has from his knee to his foot. But he doesn't have a foot. So he's just from his knee down is gone. Kind of relate to that. I don't ever want to relate to an amputee because that's not my place. But I do have really bad feet. To the point where there was a point in my life where I was like, just cut him off. Honestly, I was just like, the pain was too much. But I got surgery, and thankfully now I'm better. But I feel it. It's it's so hard. It's something you're walking on every single day. But thankfully, in this case, he was 11 months old when all of this happened. So he really didn't know a life with legs, with full no. with full function of legs. And I think that would be better than an able-bodied person losing their legs in a tragic event because... You had something, used to something, now it's gone. Whereas he grew up learning to walk on his stub legs and on his prosthetics. I think that's important to note. Because it's not like, oh, poor as me, he didn't have legs. It's he, He was born this way. And yes, it is unfortunate... But I don't think that should be a point of pity for him because I feel like that is. I feel like people see him as a disabled athlete, and so they pity him a little bit more. He definitely was, but he had like a rough upbringing. No, of course he was, but I don't think that's a point to pity him because I think he he learned how to walk just like everybody else. He just had different circumstances, so that's all he's known. He didn't have time to know legs. Of course, I'm sure he missed out on things because of. Well, no, he didn't. He really didn't. Well, but, he was um, still a great athlete because of it. So. Well, yeah, and he didn't miss out on things. He played sports from a very young age. Right. So it's one of those things where I don't think that should be a point of pity. I don't. Not in his case. Um, and I don't really think you should pity anyone with disabilities because a lot of them can do much more than I can do as an able-bodied person. So I think that you know people are incredible and their willpower is incredible. But I think in this case, a lot of people pitied him because they see him as, oh, this, you know... This athlete has no legs. He's such a sad life, but it's not the case. There's right. I no mean, he he attended Constantia Clough Primary School and Pretoria Boys High School, where he played rugby. He was a water polo, tennis, and all all before he was a teenager. I mean, he was playing sports. So he was sports, living so. like a normal life. Right. Yeah. I mean, he was very much an athletic young kid, and, and it didn't stop him. Did which is not inhibit him. Right. Yeah. You give him credit for that. Absolutely. Um, and he took part in, in club Olympic wrestling, minus his legs, and trained at Janny Brooks Garage Gym in Pretoria, South Africa, where he was actually remarked, Brooks remarked about how it took six months before he noticed that Pistorius had no legs, but nonetheless had been doing all the exercises, including boxing, skipping, and doing press-ups. Isn't that so, crazy? Like, his own amazing. coach didn't even realize he was legless. Yeah, I mean, he's doing the same thing. Without things. legs. Yeah, well. I don't whatever. know the proper way to say it. I'm sorry, if anyone is an amputee on here, we'd love to talk to you, because it is so interesting. Yeah. And, it, and it's something that I'm not used to, and I do apologize if I'm saying anything that is off the cuff, but I, I don't mean it in a negative way. Of course. And I think intention is, is also a big factor in... You know, you could see WTH4 for that one. <laughs> Intent behind the words. Very true. Yeah. But he actually did suffer a pretty severe knee injury in June of 2003, uh, where he was introduced to running uh, shortly after in January 2004 while undergoing rehab. Bitch, I can't even run now. I, I can't know. even run now. That's Literally, crazy. shit you not. I had big surgery on my foot. I had my foot reconstructed. Matt knows because he was one of my only friends who came to visit me. Shout out to Matt. Hey. Literally, on my birthday, I on my 22nd birthday, I was in my bed all drugged up because I had a major surgery on my foot. Yep. Matt was the only one to visit me, and he brought me a milkshake, and I don't think he realizes how much that meant to me, but it meant a lot. So I just want to tell you that now, bro. Thank you for that. And that Love is, people asked us real quick, tangent, 
what our relationship is because they couldn't figure it out. <laughs> Somebody asked us. We're best friends. We're not dating. Nope. Nothing like that. We're best friends, and we've been best friends for a long time now. Um, we've known each other for a lot longer. A very we weren't long as time. close in childhood, but we we had best friends who were mutual friends. Yes. So my best friends and his best friends were the same people. Yep. <laughs> we um, just didn't know each other as well. But I don't even know. I don't really know like what grew us together. Corey. Shout out to Corey. Shout I think Corey. it was her. We love you, dog. Yeah. Like honestly, I think it was Corey. I don't like. I can't think of what brought us as friends. It's tough to say. It's tough to pinpoint it. We want to take a moment to thank our sponsors, Studio. Studio is a revolutionary company designed with you in mind. They want to revolutionize the way people see headphones as not just a tech device, but also an accessory. Currently, the headphone market can offer you one of two things, style or tech. Studio wanted to think of the consumer who wanted both, us. Fashionable headphones tend to lack the proper sound quality and high-tech variations are bulky and not design-oriented, and not to mention, pretty expensive. Studio wants to bridge that gap. While emphasizing modern Scandinavian design, they also provide a product that matches the sound quality of even the highest rated headphones on the market for a fraction of the cost. With 24 plus hours of active battery life and 20 days of standby life, the perfect companion for you at home or on the go. Connect to any device via Bluetooth. If you're interested in getting a pair, which I highly, highly recommend, especially if you like listening to our podcast on the go, we will have a link to their website in the show notes. But... Even better, if you use our discount code Eye for an Eye, that will give you 15% off any purchase. So that is discount code I for an Eye, E Y E F O R A N E Y E, for 15% off any purchase, you guys. Best part is they have free worldwide shipping. That's right, free. With a sleek design and high quality sound, how could you go wrong? Remember, Eye for an eye gets you 15% off any purchase on their website. Their link will be in our show notes. 15% off plus the free shipping. You're not going to find a better deal anywhere on the market. E-Y-E-F-O-R-A-N-E-Y-E for 15% off any purchase on their website right now. We love you guys. Thank you, Studio. Thanks, Studio. So, shout out to Matt. I can't run as it is. But Oscar Pistorius was able to run and like I said he was used to not having legs so he had prosthetics that he was able to use and people didn't even realize that he was disabled it's honestly tough to imagine that anybody could be this athletic and still have so much going for them without having legs I mean honestly good good for you man honest but at the same time so after that rugby injury to his knee while undergoing rehab at the University of Pretoria's High Performance Center with his coach, he actually began a running career and then actually never really looked back on anything else. He began studying uh, for a Bachelor's of Trade and Commerce and Business Management with Sports Science at the University of Pretoria in 2006, where he was still competing in running events. And in June 2008, in an interview for the university's website, he actually made a joke that I won't graduate soon with all the training I have had to cut down on my subjects. So hopefully I'll finish up by the time I'm 30. (laughs) (laughs) So he was interested. Yeah, he was chilling in school. Good for you, man. And uh, we give you credit for that because we wish we'd stay. I feel like athletes are, like, able to do that without problem. Like, he... Really, if this didn't happen, he probably would have been well off without college. Yeah, I would say so too. If all of this had happened, shout out to student athletes. I really do appreciate you guys. But sometimes it's just like I saw how my high school worked. Right. That's That's all I'm gonna say. I'm gonna leave it there. I saw how my high school worked when it came to student athletes and their grades and the grades that they earned. Yep. Very true. Well, anyway, so without getting too much into that, because we don't want to call out anybody directly, but asked by a journalist about his sporting motto, Oscar Pistorius said, you're not disabled by the disabilities you have. You are able by the abilities you have. I really like that. I like that a lot, too. I think that's a really good phrase. And that, not to get back on my foot, because I did have major foot surgery, like I've said, that's kind of the mindset I ended up having, because I felt sorry for myself at first. And then I realized there's people like Oscar running 
Olympic marathons with no legs. Right. I cannot pity myself. So that is a really great quote because then I think that, and I, it's sad because I do think it resonates with his fans who are disabled athletes or disabled kids in general. And it's just so sad that everything kind of fucking crumbled because, like, he was a good role model for them. Right. At least in the physicality realm of things. Well, yeah, I mean, he was an athlete who had achieved a lot despite a great but deal of adversity. you know what? I'm not going to say that because there are many, 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 many athletes that have disabilities that are in the Paralympics, Olympics, you know, the Disability Olympics. Right. Um that are amazing, that aren't Oscars. So I, maybe I shouldn't put him on such a high horse of like how great he was. Very true, very true. Well, he actually earned the nickname after a while of Blade Runner, <laughs> quoting the famous Harrison Ford movie, and the fastest man on no legs, which is kind of funny, I, <laughs> I guess. But Pistorius actually became the subject of a lot of criticism because of claims that his artificial limbs gave him an advantage over runners with natural ankles and feet because he ran with sort of a J-shaped figuration that was carbon fiber prosthetics called the Flex Foot Cheetah, quote-unquote, developed by biomedical engineer Van Phillips and manufactured by Osur. And that actually made, what well, made obviously from carbon fiber, but... Unlike usual previous foot prosthesis, which was mostly combined from just basic running of, you know, a plastic PVC pipe type thing where it was very stiff, it would store kinetic energy from the wearer's steps as potential energy, kind of like a spring motion, and allow the wearer to run and jump a little bit faster. So it sort of was a great advancement in technology, but at the same time it gave people grounds to kind of be like, what the hell happened here? Which is... It's just interesting that the Paralympics and other, you know, places called it out because you think kind of, like, it is weird. Because, like, what if you and I both didn't have our legs, but you had, like, the top million-dollar legs and I had $10 legs from Walmart. Right. Which is not a thing. But you know what I mean? Like, there is an advantage there. I'm sure there is. Yeah. Because my legs could crumble underneath me and your legs will fucking withstand being bolted into the space. So that does make sense, but it's kind of weird because it's like, how can you penalize a Paralympic athlete for their legs? Like, how can yeah. you tell someone your legs don't work? Your qualify? fake legs aren't good enough. Do they have, like, a shoe qualification in running in the Olympics? Like, do they all have to have the same type of shoe? Or can you wear whatever shoes are most comfortable for your feet? I don't know, to be honest with you. That's an interesting question. Because that would be the same equivalent, because it's like your legs, your feet, your shoes. Right, I mean, yeah, it's all kind of, I guess, enhancing how you run, but I don't know if that would make a difference. Because, like, if I have a flat arch and you have a high arch, we're going to need different shoes or different support. True. So how can you regulate that? And then how could you regulate, like, people's prosthetics? Are you going to pay for the different prosthetics, or is there a regulation that they follow? I don't know. We should look into that and update. We will do that. We will update you guys. But anyways, so on March 26th of 2007, the IAAF amended its competition rules to include a ban on the use of any technical device that incorporates springs, wheels, or any other wheels. element. Wheels, can you imagine wheels, someone right. running on wheels? It's like ice skating. Yeah, or not ice like skating, it's like rollerblading. Rollerblading, yeah, like what? <laughs> so any technical can device that incorporates springs. Can you just imagine if someone's in a running competition all of a sudden they like pop out wheels and start fucking just flying. Start, yeah, like they, uh, what were those those <laughs> shoes called that had the, the wheels? The wheelies? Like, the wheelies, heelies. Right, yeah, just kick them out in the middle of the competition, just glide across the finish line like, hey, double deuces like Richard Nixon. But that's, like, wheels, like, was someone actually popping out wheels, or did they just, like, throw that in there to be, like, a technicality? Yeah, they really made that one kind of off the cuff, just like, woof, here we go, we're throwing this out there, so... (laughs) Well, okay, so they included any technical device that incorporates springs, wheels, or any other elements that provides a user with an advantage over another athlete not using such a device. And, ironically enough, despite that, he went on to set several records and win several gold medals in the Olympics, and even carried the flag at the opening ceremony for the 2012 Paralympics on the August 29th of 2012. So with that success, sponsors increased his fame and reported an obvious better-than-thou attitude to try and increase their own depth of prov- yeah. you know, provocation. Because it was, it was reported that he, like, 
kind of got a stick up his ass. He was kind of like, I'm better than you. I'm an Olympic athlete. Right. I'm bringing home the gold to South Africa. Like, I'm better. You know what I mean? Like, I kind of feel like sometimes that does happen with fame. Like, you feel like you're better than someone else because your success is greater than or whatever. Right. And they said he kind of got, like, a little bit paranoid and tough to read and would not sleep at night. Often waking up in the middle of the night. I mean, he took a lot of caffeine pills and drank a lot of coffee, but he would wake up in the middle of the night and go to the shooting range with a box of ammunition. Which kind of gives him the skeeves. Just weird, yeah. Like, why? What are you doing, man? Like, clearly you're, like, losing it a little bit. Like, a little something's bit. Going, like, from there, like, from that point, if you noticed me doing that, I feel like you would sit me down as my best friend and be like, Lisa, you're acting a little strange. Yeah, why are you going you to the gun range? Do you think that time? I mean, we, uh, we haven't seen any reports of it. No. But, like, people noticed it enough to report it after the fact. It's a little bit curious, though, that people were looking at this Olympic athlete. like, what do you Olympic think, like, as a best athlete. friend, I'd be like, Matt, like, you're starting to worry me. Yeah. You're doing some weird shit. But dude, you're an Olympic athlete. What are you doing not sleeping yeah. and taking a bunch of caffeine pills and drinking so much coffee? You need to be on a diet and thinking yeah. properly about how you're supposed to be and not be focusing on shooting it in yeah. the middle of the night. You know, like, get that some is sleep. Weird. And it's also said that, like... In South Africa, some places are very unsafe, and so they said he was paranoid. They always thought that he always thought people were gonna like break into his place or whatever. So yeah, very odd. It's one of those things. So, like I said, I cut his part down by a lot. We had a lot of the the. I literally had every medal he had, and when he earned it, and what he earned it for, and what records he beat, because he beat a lot of records. But I took it out because I think it's unnecessary. If you're interested, he was a very, very good athlete. That's what he was. Yes. He's very famous for that. That's what he was known for before all of this nonsense. Um, so if you're interested, go look it up on your own. It's all there. It's all very, very accessible. Almost every single article on the planet Earth talks about it, and they'll all be cited in our notes. So if you're interested on in what he won or how kind, like the kind of athlete he was, if you didn't grasp it from Matt and I's you know, banter here... Go look it up, but we're kind of done talking about his successes for now. Because I thought it was just kind of took away from the whole point. Right. So let's talk about Reva. So Reva Steinkamp was born in Cape Town to parents Barry Steinkamp, who was a horse trainer, and his wife, what was his second wife at the time, but that's not really relevant, um, June, who's Reva's mom, who was born in Blackburn, England. So she's part South African, part uh, English. She has two older half-siblings, from her father and mother's respective previous marriages, Adam Steinkamp and Simone Cowburn. Now, the family did later move to Port Elizabeth, where she attended St. Dominic's Prior Priory School? Priory. Priory School. She began modeling at the age of 14. Now, if you've looked up a picture of her, Matt, I'm not sure if you have or not yet. She's gorgeous. She is gorgeous, and we'll definitely be posting a million pictures of her because she's the most beautiful thing on the planet. Right, beautiful. And she's one. naturally pretty. It's like you don't have to hide behind makeup like I do. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. Um, Glam and Gouda, if you're interested in what I look like. Hey. Um, no, but she was... <laughs> Self-plug. She's beautiful. Gorgeous girl. Clearly so bright, so loved throughout her family. And yep. this is kind of morbid to say, Matt, but I was thinking of this when I was typing up this case. Have you? I mean, and like I said, this has nothing to do with Reva, but it's something I want to bring up just to get listener feedback and to see what you guys think. And I really want to know what Matt thinks. Have you ever heard of a case where the victim was like, oh, no, they were a shit person. They were horrible. They were ugly. They were gross. Not I mean, really. I think it's it's societal. It's like a social standard I to not I disrespect could, the deceased. I can think of a few people that have been murdered that have been terrible people, but I don't think I would call any of the cases we've discussed where the victim was. No, absolutely really. not. And it's it's normally because it's normally the monster is the person doing the killing, right. so that would make sense. Right. But I was thinking about it. I was like, I don't think I've ever heard of a case besides one, which we will cover later, where the person who passed away at the end of it was the piece of shit. Right. Was but the isn't that kind of person. interesting? I mean, it makes sense. It, it does, does make sense. It does make sense that you wouldn't think of the victim usually as being somebody to, like, think. Be the monster. Right. Because they're not the one who committed the crime. Right. But they were normally innocent. But it's just interesting because it's never like, oh, she was an ugly duckling and never had friends. Right. You know what I mean? It's always like, oh, she's the most beautiful she thing was on the, the best planet. Person. And in this case, that was true. Yeah. But, like, I was just thinking about it when I was researching this. It's like, 
obviously every article I've ever read said like, oh, she's the most beautiful thing on the planet. But like, it's so interesting to think like, are, we gotta dig, we gotta dig for cases where it's like, okay, the person was hated, but like they still deserved life. Like obviously they're victims. And that's never gonna be taken away by what they looked like, what they sounded like, what they acted like. Like even if you were a shitty person, Right. You still deserve life. You don't deserve to die. No, especially not in the crimes that we've talked about. But it was interesting. Isn't it weird? I mean, I guess it's not that weird. Cause it like is. It, but it's just interesting that no one's ever like, oh, I hated her. Yeah, fuck that bitch. Yeah, like she Glad was a piece happened. of shit. Yeah. Um, that, sorry, that was a kind of tangent. But I was thinking about that when I was researching this case. So I wanted to kind of share that with you. She was a model by the age of 14, which is kind of young. A little um, young. Yeah, for sure. So she was a finalist in the weekend post phases of the Fortune Future competition in 2004 and in the Herald Miss Port Elizabeth contest in 2005. So she did win a lot of these competitions and was a finalist in a lot of them as well. Now, so she she had a pretty standard career as a um, as a model, but it was interesting because she was interested in studying law, which kind of gives me the creeps as well because this case. Up got a little crazy when it comes to the law at the end of this. So she appeared in FHM magazine as a model and a cover girl and was the first face of Avon Cosmetics in South Africa, which is a huge thing because Avon is clearly really big. Right. She also modeled for the jewelry company Savannah Diamond. Like I said, she was studying law. She wanted to be a lawyer, which, like, it's such a stereotype, but I do want to note that so many people would look at her and be like, oh, she's just going to be a model the rest of her life. Right. She's not going to go anywhere, like... Like, um... Dumb model type. Yeah. And I hate that stereotype because it's so not true. I think a lot of models are very, very intelligent. And I think they're given a bad rep. Yeah, they're beautiful. But that's not all they have to offer. And I think that because their profession is modeling, they're kind of stereotyped fast. She did study law at the University of Port Elizabeth. So even though she was gorgeous and had a beautiful face and was renowned in her country and very, very well known... She still went to school. She still, she took the Natalie Portman route, is what I like to call her. She yeah. went to college. She made, you know, a thing of herself instead of just being this, that, the other. You know, she wasn't mm-hmm. stereotyped into a box. She said, you know what, I want to be this. Great, I can get modeling gigs on the side. But I'm, I want to, I want to be a lawyer. That's what I want to do. I want to study law. And I that's what that. I'm going to do. I respect that. It's amazing. It's beautiful. And like, I, it's not saying we disrespect models who don't do that, but it's like, that's pretty amazing because she didn't let the modeling thing get to her head and kind of stump what she really wanted to do. Because not everybody grows up and is like, I'm going to be a model. Like everyone's like, I want to be a vet. I want to be a, you know, whatever, whatever, whatever. And she made it happen. She went to school for it and she became part of the Nelson Mandela Metropolitan University, which is when her university merged with another university. And she graduated with a Bachelor of Laws degree in 2005. She did graduate with her law degree. I don't know how it works in South Africa. I'm not sure what the bar situation is like, you know, like how that system works. Because I know here you have to take tests. You have to go to more school. It's just not, it's not like a four-year and done type of situation. No, it's, it's like a lot beyond just studying yeah but it was interesting because after university she did work as a paralegal and she also modeled on the side kind of like matt ubers on the side hey it's it makes sense if you're good like why not i wish i was modeling instead i probably would make more money but (laughs) yeah honestly hey call me if you guys have a modeling agent yeah if you guys have modeling gigs check out matt he's pretty great i'm pretty good looking i think (laughs) but you don't look like a vampire though I don't look like a vampire, but shout out Athena for thinking I do. I shit you not. I've never in- interacted with someone more that I love more than Athena. Yeah, she's awesome. Every Athena, day. Shout and, out again. And hey, you guys, listeners who don't know who Athena is and El Nino, the whole, you know, the person that we love so much, she's going to be on a, a new episode. Yep. I have to discuss it with you afterwards, but she brought up a case that I've never heard of, and I think it's going to be a fucking fire, and she brought up so many good points, I and she wants it. to call in for it. I so it. I'm there. Athena, we're calling you soon. I told you I would talk to Matt. I'm going to talk to him after this. We're going to get that set up because it's, it's fucking fire. And we're going to make it happen. It. I love it. Cool. And I can't wait because I love her, and I just want to, like, talk to her. I love it. Outside of, like, messages. All right. right. Sorry, fangirling over our fans. Sorry, fan, fangirling over the fans. I'm literally fangirling over our fans. It's so weird. It's fun. I'm just so excited because she was like, she's literally our first fan that hasn't been our friend that's been so amazing to us. 
Right. I mean, we've had a million since, not a million, but I wish, girl, tell your friends. Please. But, you know, we've had so many since then, but, like, Athena was day one, number one. A one, day one. But she also thought Matt looked like a vampire, and he ruined her whole life, so sorry about it. I'm sorry if I ruined your life <laughs> by being better looking than a vampire, but <laughs> I'm not going to be ever. Well, some vampires are pretty. I'm not going to be pale-skinned and gaunt. And <laughs> That's me. <laughs> no, I'm not going to be that. All right. So she applied to the... So they do have the bar. They, she applied to the bar late in 2011, which is when I graduated from high school. So this is recent. This feels recent. Even though that was like years ago now, feels real recent. Seven years ago. Uh, they hoped... They hoped. She hoped to be a qualified legal advocate by the age of 30. So she was ranked 40 in FHM... Uh, and. FHM article of the 100 Sexiest Women in the World's Poll of South African FHM Readers in 2011 and number 45 in 2012. So she did go down in rank a little bit, but she's a hot girl. She's beautiful. Beautiful girl. And, like, I don't want to, like I said, I don't want to place so much value. Excuse me. Burps. (laughs) I don't I don't want to place so much value on how she looks because that's not at all what this is about. She clearly was a smart individual. She was making fucking money moves. She wasn't yeah. only taking advantage of the fact she was beautiful, but she was also taking the fact of the matter that she's fucking smart. Yep. And she's about to put people like this motherfucker in jail. Yep. So I want to shout her out because she's showing that beauty and brains are something that can be synonymous. And it's not just like, oh, this dumb blonde bitch. Her own models are just these dumb fucking idiots who can't do anything other than model because they're not smart. That's not the fucking case. I try and emulate that every <laughs> day. It's true. It's true. And there's, oh, it's just pissing me off because it's like people are so quick to judge. Like, yeah, it sucks that these people are three years younger than I am making millions of dollars. That's annoying. Because they didn't have to go to college to do this, that, the other. But that doesn't mean they're not smart. doesn't mean that they're not trying hard. That doesn't mean they're not working hard. doesn't mean they're not sacrificing. Absolutely. And I want that to be known about her because she's the badass bitch that did go to school. Although, like I said, I'm not knocking models who don't. And she's making it happen. Right. She's doing the whole fucking 180. And that's that makes it even more sad to me. True. Because she was giving so much... She was giving so much to her country. Think of what she could have done. Oh, potential. it hurts me. So her style icon was Marc Jacobs, and she was a celebrity face of Spirit Day, which was an anti-bullying campaign in 2012, which is a little bit ironic because it seems like from the text messages we read at the top of the show, there was a little bit of bullying going on there within her personal relationship. Um, so she was a keen horse rider, but she broke her back in a fall in her early 20s and had to learn to walk again. So not only wow. was she beautiful and smart, Overtake she was fucking that. determined. She was fucking, she had it. She had it. She was the full fucking package, dude. And that's what makes it so fucking painful is because it's like, I didn't know her. I wasn't even like, I didn't care about the news enough when I was, you know, the age when all this happened. Like I knew of it, but I didn't care enough. Right. She, could you imagine what she was to so many people? Think about Learning it. to walk, overcoming all of these obstacles, being, you know, not only using your looks, but using your brains. You know, it's just, oh, she's the package. Right. She was the whole package. Everything you could imagine. In what Learning to walk again. Like, I had to learn to walk again only on my left foot, and it was a fucking nightmare. Right. And that was, and I had my foot. I didn't break my back. Right. Like, she could have been paralyzed. And even then, I think she would have been amazing. And doing this anti-bullying campaign stuff... Unreal. So she, obviously, because of all of this, was part of the South African celebrity circuit, and she was a regular A-list guest star at red carpet events and a noted socialite on the Johannesburg party scene, which is where Oscar was. He was in Johannesburg, and that's the scene that he was about. Now, she met him through a friend of a friend because he was a spokesperson for a company. I don't remember the exact company. And like I said, it's irrelevant. I don't want to talk about his successes. I don't really care at this point. But I did say, and I had it written on, and I deleted it. But she, he was the sponsor and the advocate and the associate. What's it called? <laughs> Affiliate. Like, he was, a, he was the person that promoted this car brand. Sponsor. She was roommates with someone who dated the person, and they all met, whatever. That's how she met him. So let's get into it. This is where things 
hit the fucking fan. Like I said, remember that top of the show reading that Matt and I did because this was a like a month before all of this happened. Clearly there was issues in their relationship, which is not to say that's not normal, but these issues seemed, what she was calling out is concerning. It's something that you should definitely be cognizant of in your own relationship. If anybody's experiencing things like this We're going to have notes in our show notes. Get you help. We'll get you some Talk help. to your friend. Talk to us. We're there. Call us. We'd love we'll to talk to you. We'll get you help. And this is the conclusion of part one of Oscar Pistorius, episode 15 of Eye for an Eye. Please tune in to part two and see the conclusion of this absolutely mind-bending case. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you guys for checking us out. Keep an ear out for part two. Just before I got to the just before I got into the passage of the of the bathroom, I heard a door slam, which could have only been the toilet door. I couldn't see into the bathroom at this point, but I could hear the door slam. And for me to confirm that there was a person or people inside the toilet or inside the bathroom at that time. I a little bit, maybe a step or two back, still with my hand against the walls. I slid my back and my shoulder um, to help me balance. At this point, I started screaming again for Reva to phone the police. Um, I wasn't sure where to point the firearm. I had it pointed at the toilet, but my eyes were going between the window and the toilet. I stood there for some time. Not sure how long. I wasn't sure if somebody was going to come out of the toilet to attack me. I wasn't sure if someone was going to come up the ladder and point a firearm in the house and start shooting. Um, so I just stayed where I was and I kept on screaming. And, um, and then I heard a noise from inside the toilet. Um, what I perceived to be somebody coming out of the toilet. Before I knew it, I'd fired four shots at the door. My ears were ringing, I couldn't hear anything. So I shouted, I kept on shouting for Reva to phone the police. I was still scared to retreat because I wasn't sure if there was somebody on the ladder. I wasn't sure if the, there was somebody in the toilet. 